In the last episode, we opened up about our own personal journeys and our motivations for moving overseas. Mm -hmm. We made it clear how crucial it is to ask yourself and to get others to ask you the hard questions. That's right. And we ended by talking about how we have to continually hold these things lightly. When we say we're going overseas, uh, we have to say, Lord, it's yours. And if I you know, if he wants to take it from us. So we have to hold it lightly so they don't become idols. Because when they do, then we can become frustrated and we can start using or abusing those around us and and harming ourselves. So in this episode, we wanted to continue with some of these confessions, but more particularly in how we dealt with challenges through the years and how holding it lightly and how we made decisions. We mentioned last time that we never set out to to stay X number of years. No. But we always sat down each year and ask ourselves, are we surviving or are we thriving where we are now? Right. Is this sustainable how we're living or do we need to make some changes in order for it to be better? This meant holding a lot of things lightly. So, so we would thought that as, as we were talking about our last episode, we thought we would share some of the challenges that we faced and how we approached problem solving with those challenges. Yeah. And, I think something came to mind is that, you know, when you have to make these challenging decisions about things that happen or the life changes and season changes in your life with children or whatever, um, there, there's always the balance between holding it lightly, willing to let go. Okay. If Mm -hmm. we need to, but also there is a place for grit. There is a place for staying at it. So there's the t- that's the rub. That is the difficult challenge and we're just going to talk a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think there's a there's a real balance there. So we thought it would be the most practical way to explain that balance between grit and holding things lightly would be just just yeah. real examples. Yep. From it, our own experience. That's right. Because we can't just say, "Oh, we we ran into this challenge and it was really really hard, so we we packed up." No, that's not it. Um, one of the first topics we thought we'd talk about is, um, just the whole issue of loneliness and making friendships. I mean, the first thing to imagine with this and that we faced is that we had different needs. We had different levels of loneliness, each of us. us. I mean, I had a, probably a deeper need for more friendships people to do things with, you had a deeper need to really, really connect with the local culture. And, um, I think that's what I was, I guess, longing for was to be able to have a deep friendship in the other language with the culture when you were, I guess, struggling more with the loneliness and therefore wanted more. I needed some immediate um, yeah. friendships that, you know, I were in the same language that I could actually speak so that to, to give me that stable base, I guess, for reaching out and developing friendships in a new language and a new culture. Right. So uh, I think that that touches on the idea of mutual respect um, for one another and your differences that everyone's not going to approach everything in the same way. And the things that are struggles for me are not necessarily going to be the things that are struggles for you. Absolutely. And even the way we were, 
our first couple of years, it was all about language. We did not have children, so we were able to focus completely on learning the language. But even the way we learned language was different, and that's another topic that we can talk about. But yeah, I think I was enjoying all the activity, enjoying all the visitings, all the every opportunity to speak the language as possible and getting out on the street. And I think I was just drinking it all in. What were you doing, Vicki? I think that I was looking for and needing a stable base of emotional support because I am more introverted by nature. So going, venturing out into the new culture and making new friends and practicing language was a different kind of challenge for me. So I, I felt like I needed some some friendships in my own culture as well in order to have that emotional support to go out and do this that was, was hard for me. And it's not like you were just sitting at home and, and sad and not getting engaged. You were doing No, I was great. going. You we were, were going. at people's houses. We were learning language. I was in class. We were yeah. all over the place. You did great at that. But like you said, there was a different pace that we were going at and the needs when that was over. It wasn't, okay, you want to pick up and do some more every day. And I think our friendship needs were different. I mean, on the other hand, it was incredibly helpful in language learning to have someone that's more extroverted with you mm-hmm. to pull you toward people. So there was that balance. And I think the whole friendship thing over the years, friendship and loneliness um, was an issue over the whole 20 years that we were there. It's an ongoing thing. You're the friends that you, we often say you don't get to always pick your friends that you're going to have overseas. If, you, if you're from a larger Christian community or from a church or from your hometown, obviously no one can replace that kind of tight community, which is often where we tell people, you know, if you see yourself leaving in the next year or so, start learning how to... I don't know, survive or work in a smaller friendship circles. Um, And if you're, you know, right around family and they're all helping you with everything, you know, maybe it might be good to put yourself in a place that's beginning to prepare you for transitioning to where you've only got a handful of friends as opposed to, you know, a huge Sunday school class or a big church where you have you can choose from all kinds of friends. I think when we got over there, we were surprised at, at okay, these aren't the kinds of people that me, we may have actually been connected with back home. I, I mean, just, I guess when you have a church, even if the church only has 100 people, 200 people in it, you still get to sort of pick who you're connecting with, who Vicky's connecting with, or who we both connect with. But when you get overseas... You connect with whoever is around you who knows Jesus because there's only 25 of you in a city of maybe, 4 million. Maybe more. Maybe but, more. But still, your your selection is less. Um, but I did find throughout those times, I learned a lot about friendship, that some of my deepest friendships were with people that I may not have encountered in my circles back at home. But I learned so much from them and they became very, very deep friends. Amen. Amen. So it taught me a lot about the diversity within the body of Christ. And that was incredibly helpful. 
and having those different kinds of friends. I think, I think there was one issue that we know we didn't deal with, but it's something that most people deal with when they go with a mission team. We did not go with a mission team. We, we went, got jobs and met the Christian community and connected up with the Christian community there in town. I always tell people wherever you go, it won't take you very long to meet the believers in town. It doesn't matter how close the country is or how small the place that you're going. There's still a Christian community and there's often a foreign Christian community. If there isn't an international church, there are other workers there and you will connect with them. But one thing I know we have heard a lot of is that when you are going with a team, when you're going with a team that has been put together here at home and you're going over there sometimes or not sometimes it seems like always there are certain expectations for what these friendships are going to be like or who this group is going to be so imagine you've got your wonderful tight lifelong friends maybe in your town or some really tight couples in your church and each of you you know the wife has a good uh, some friends with that maybe are single or maybe it's a single girl or a single man, and they have certain tight friendships that they've had, and maybe they have a hunting friend and a fishing friend and a tennis friend. Okay, then you have this new set of people that are selected based on their calling that they want to go to the same country with the same organization. So there's a really high chance these aren't going to be the exact kind of people that you've had. So when you arrive, you're under an immense amount of change, stress, culture shock. You've been pulled out of your environment and guess what? This is your friend set. This is your this is your new family. And so it doesn't mean it will be bad. It just means we have to be prepared for how different it can be, it will be. Uh, so often we hear, you know, I'm not totally connecting with this person or this person on my team. My husband has found this friend so what we found is expectations are huge. And so in our book, we always talk about asking questions before you go. Um, what is the level of time together we're going to spend weekly, monthly? Um, are we going to operate as a church or just a working team? Is this going to be co-workers and we have a common project together and then we just give each other freedom to live and do their other activities? Or are we going to be tight? Are we going to be meeting a lot? And we're going to be working together and worshiping together on Sunday. And our kids are going to be hanging out. And we're going to be strategizing together, learning the language together. Talking about that before you go is very important. Some say, oh, that's what I want. I want that tight team. And others say, that sounds a little overwhelming to me. Can we give each other a little bit of freedom? I would like to have some friends. I'd like to have this team there. And I'd like them to be in my life and and definitely um, anchors in my life. But I would also like to have freedom to build friendships. Outside. Outside the team, as we say. I actually feel like it is always healthy to have if you're on a team to have friendships outside of that team. Absolutely. Um, it, it helps you keep perspective because a small team can become very insular. Well, it's, it's, a, it's, it's your own little subculture and you need to learn from others that are there in that place doing different kinds of 
Uh, they're doing life differently. Sometimes you meet people that are working there with a company. You know, they're they're over there with Ford. They're over there with um, KitchenAid. Okay, and they're working there. Sometimes you meet people that might even be you know in the diplomat sector or government or military or with a totally different organization that is doing totally different kinds of work. They're doing orphanage work. And you say, but why would I need to connect with all those kinds of people? Well, because your first years there are learning, listening, hearing what they're doing, how they're solving their things. We found that, you know, we were trying to learn the language, but if we only had learned what this book that this particular workers had given us, we wouldn't have learned this person said, this is how I learned, or this is what I do to language learning. Here's a book here. And I found these cassettes and I'm in the military and here's what we do. And so it was so invaluable to us um, to have all that different kind, different kinds of input. And so I think we made friends across those different lines as well. We did. And I mean, one of the things that we did, um, that David did do, that was very, very helpful um, for me at, at after we'd been abroad for two or three years, um, our first daughter was born. And then three years later, our next daughter was born. And one of the things that, two things that actually helped me a lot with the loneliness factor, because that did play in people come, people go. It's part of life there. Um, there's a lot of loss and grieving that mm-hmm. happens yep. because your friends inevitably will will move. Your local friends even, a lot of them, especially if you're working with younger um, college age, they're going to move as well. We had a lot of that. Um, or for work, a family just has to move to another city. So David would make it a priority when I had kids that if I could gather up a group of people, and this could be anywhere from one or two more people to six or eight more people to do a Bible study with, he would take care of the kids and not just take care of them while I was gone, but you know, feed them, get them in bed. It was a true night off for me. And that was a lifeline during some of those times of loneliness. Mm-hmm. Um, that I had. I think learning something I thought was I appreciated is that while it there was a temptation for me to think, oh, if if we hang around foreigners, which in that context would be Americans or Europeans, or Vicky and I built friendships with them, that will take or away South Americans yeah, or just, Asians. We had lots of friends, right? But no, if we hang around those that are English speaking, that somehow. Um, that would definitely hinder our ability to acculturate and learn the language. And that is not always true. Um, sometimes, you know, an organization will say, you know, we don't want you hanging out with any foreigners, any Americans or any English speakers. And we understood the logic. We understood the reason for doing that. They have seen people that did not um, engage with People who lived in the country. And it affected their language learning. But here's what I found. I found that if Vicky's tank is not full, if she is not getting some meaningful quality time 
in friendships in her heart language. And I too, it's not like all I did was learn language. I couldn't speak it for a couple of years and definitely was not able to have a deep friendship for a couple of years. But I found that we had to have times where I literally just, you know, Friday night and we just go over and we're with an American friend and we can just sit and watch a movie and have a pizza Um, because that filled our tanks so that we could go back into our task of learning and trying to think and master this, this new language. So there's a balance there. Well, especially in, in the language learning phase and, and even later, I mean, if, if the country where you're going is a majority different religion, um, you're always going to need friends who are believers. There may be some local believers with whom you can find that fellowship. We did find that um, at different times. But there were times when it was our deepest friendships were other English speakers who were in the country. And I think just finding the balance there, we worked very hard and we would reevaluate that. There were times when we needed to focus more on learning language and being at people's houses. Um, But that that is stressful. It is work to try to learn and listen and absorb culture and figure out how you're supposed to act and what you're supposed to do, how you serve the tea, how you make conversation, the things people talk about. That's work, so you do have to have some balance. I think we we'll, had to find that. Probably we're going to do a podcast on you know, talking about you know some of the language learning things. But in regards to the friendship, something else I wanted to say was we mentioned the variety of friendships. What you find when you meet other people, when you are don't, you're not just talking to your own team and drinking your own Kool Aid, so to, so to say, you know, in the sense of methodology or philosophy of ministry, or the way you're learning the language, or where you're living. Um, You know, our kids are going to be in this particular schooling environment. We're going to live in this neighborhood, and this is our strategy. That's great, but we highly recommend that you, I guess, learn to play with other kids. and Talk to to people. I think that's my most valuable thing, was talking to people who thought differently about some of those things. Absolutely. And so we would meet a family who has sent their kids to a local, you know, school that was even in a different language. Or we met people that were sending their kids to the local schools. And then we met people who were homeschooling their kids. And then we met families who were sending their kids off to Europe to study. And then we met people who were using the Internet. And so you're thinking, why do I need all these? You need that variety of input because we have seen problems when either a couple or a team are too committed to their own philosophy and their own way of doing it and not allowing either the husband or the wife to learn other perspectives on how to do that thing, whether it is language, children, work, You know, I mean, there were teams that said, you can't work. You can't get a job until you learn the language. But it was healthy to go meet people who had hit the ground and started a job and said, interesting, their language is actually developing. 
even though they have a job. So that made them come back and say, maybe I could get a part time. So there was just, it was just a, it was a lot of value in listening and learning from all those that are working there. So that's just something in regards to friendship. And like Vicki said, some friendships were made with people from other countries that were there working that create, and then they had cultural insight and we learned something from the, their lifestyles that was helpful for us. So that was actually very fun and very different as opposed to saying, I'm from this particular denomination, I'm from this particular persuasion and this particular methodology. There's nothing wrong with having one that is, you know, an organization has thought through and says, this is our goal and this is our plan. But um, I think it's always healthy to keep learning and keep listening and getting outside input. Yes. And, and just really being um, respectful of one another and of different needs that each one of you is going to have. And of course, you're going to have to add in, if you are taking children with you, you'll have to add in their needs as well. Absolutely. And being respectful of that and not derogatory toward that. If someone is extroverted and loves being with other people all the time, and someone else is introverted and can't do that, to be respectful of both of those. Both are creations of God and expressions of God's character. Amen. Neither is better. That's right. I couldn't expect, Vicki, this is how you build friendships, or this is the kind of friendship, or this is all you need. It was really helpful for us to see how are we going to meet, how am I going to get my needs met and your needs met, and then also as a couple, what we wanted to be able to do. And we found our solutions for that. So in uh, our next episode, we're going to be talking about language learning together. That would be great. Okay, so friendship is vital. And even in those early months or, or years, it is possible that you may need to maintain some tight friendships over that phone or over the internet. We don't always encourage that. Not, not many. Not a lot, but you'll want to get less and less contact with that. But friendship is vital. And if you are completely swallowed in loneliness, this is you're not even going to learn the language, much less survive. Well, there. it's not sustainable. Exactly. Okay. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for listening today. Our book, Mission Smart, 15 Critical Questions to Ask Before Launching Overseas, is available on Amazon in paperback or Kindle. Feel free to email us with your questions through our website, esionline.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast to get more episodes as they're published.